This month on The Girls Who Cried Behore, we're covering Jack Frost. No, we're not talking about the Michael Keaton movie. Christ. We have taste. Thank you. The Girls Who Cried Behore. I will say that I saw Jack Frost, Michael Keaton, 1998, uh, in theaters with my mom and my aunt, and I remember crying my baby eyes out because I was six, and I don't know, maybe I need to revisit it. I mean, it doesn't have, like, good ratings, but I mean, neither does this. It's really fascinating to me. I mean, you might have some information on this later, but it's really fascinating to me that movies that came out two years, uh, one year apart, and are very different thematically, but they would have the same name. Like, I thought it was a very interesting choice that they would go with that, that name for specifically for what the plot is of the Michael Keaton film. Right. It's very similar. No, it's very similar. I was like reading an article last night um, that was like comparing the two where it was like, well, this is obviously how they're like obviously different, Mm -hmm. but like, here's how like things about the plot seemingly or like strangely are like very similar. The thing about, um, these Jack Frost movies is like even like you're saying like Jack Frost even prior to this wasn't a snowman character there was the fucking 1930s like short film made by the same guy that did like all like the fucking old Mickey Mouse you know short cartoons called Jack Frost mm-hmm. um, and it, wasn't he course, like a weird like man with icicles in his hair or something well the one you're thinking about I think after that is the stop motion one in 1979 yeah. mm-hmm. um, in which he like falls in love with like a school teacher mm-hmm. and then of course my favorite iteration of Jack Frost is Rise of the Guardians um, Chris Pine hello Jesus <laughs> I'm not above being attracted to an animated character so don't get it twisted yeah I'm not surprised but yeah and then obviously uh, a year after this uh, we had Jack Frost with Michael Keaton. But the movie we're talking about today is Jack Frost, 1997, Year I Was Born, Hallelujah. Oh, my God. (laughs) I know. Every time I say it, it hurts you. (laughs) It does. That's like, ooh, that pains me deeply. We're, like, not even that far apart, though. Yeah, but, like, I'm 92. I'm, like, anyone... You're 92 years old? Yeah. Don't I look good? (laughs) No. You look incredible, bitch. I don't know. I mean, anytime someone tells me they're, like, born after 1995 i'm like oh what you're a child you're a baby even though you're I'm not just a wee lass Ugh, i don't know man um, it hurts me because like you were but four on in like 2001 that's crazy to me that's yeah crazy. i mean like i don't remember i don't remember 9-11 bitch yeah that's crazy oh my god anyway <laughs> wow God, I'm so youthful and gorgeous. Um, but it's directed by um, Michael Cooney, who the only other directing credit he has um, is the sequel to Jack Frost. Wow, what um, an which incredible is title. I'm pulling it up here. His only other directing credit is uh, Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman, um, which will make sense once we, you know, I mean, if you've already watched the movie, supposedly, well, it- listening to this. Um, I mean, no. Um, and I'm sure we're going to cover that sequel at some point on this podcast. Um, but he also was a writer, so he has more writing credits than he has directing credits. He was the writer on the film Identity, starring John Cusack. I will say. He was say, the writer on the film. I liked Identity mm-hmm. a lot, and I remember watching it with my mom. And I'm obviously not going to give any spoilers, but I remember being like, like pretty early on being like, that's the person who's, that's like, that's the killer. I know it. And my mom was like, okay, sure. And I was fucking right. 
And that's like one of the big twists that I'm always so proud that I knew ahead of time because I'm just really smart. Oh, Alex loves to suck herself off. I just love to figure out a twist before a movie does, like reveals it to me. It's one of my greatest accomplishments anytime I do it. I'm just like so, oh, I love it. Well, it's one of the things I always think about is just like, I mean, as like horror fans in general, not that there aren't twists in other genres, but like obviously there's a lot of twists within the horror genre. Like that's a Mm -hmm. huge staple of it, especially now where it's like everyone tries to one up what's already been done, what's already considered a classic. Mm -hmm. So as like if you're like an avid horror fan, it's like you go into a movie and you're like, okay, I know there's going to be a twist. I'm going to figure it out. Whole movie, you're just thinking about it, which is fun, especially if you don't end up figuring it out because you're like, wow, bravo. Like, you got me. You stumped me. But then I also wonder, I'm like, am I just taking the fun out of it? Like, should I just, like, go and just experience it? And I'll never know because I'll never do that. (laughs) I don't know if I necessarily am, like, focused on trying to figure things out the whole time, but, like, I'm very aware of all the motives of all the characters and, like, little things that they're saying. I'm just, like, hyper aware so that it usually happens where I'm not mm-hmm. even, like, thinking about it, where it will just be like, oh, well, it's that person. Like, obviously. And then I'm I'm correct. But mm-hmm. no, obviously not always. I do love when they can, you know, pull one over on me and they spook me. It's my favorite. Sorry, that was a long not tangent. To take a ta- Continue. No. Well, going on another tangent really quickly. Um, speaking of twists. I, you already know this, but I revisited Serenity last night. Um, oh my god, with I'm the so host jealous. of Dearly Departed, Abby and Roberto. Bro, it's not that I thought it was going to be. I I love it. I love. I just love this movie, and I just want to take a moment on this podcast that has nothing to do with Serenity in any capacity to beg you to go on Amazon Prime. It's free if you have Prime and watch this movie. It is. The most brilliant piece of shit that I've ever seen in my entire life. Anya, when you saw it, I, I mean, we were already friends at this point. Did I tell yeah. you that I saw it and it was wild and that you had to go see it? Did you go in knowing that it was going to be like some big twist? No. Okay, good. Because me neither. I, think I went in, I- like fully thinking it was just like a drama. I was just like, this just looks like a poorly made drama. Okay, I'm going to see it. I saw it with boy Alex and we... We're just so confused for so much of it. And then something clicked in both of our brains and we like said it to each other and we were like, no, that can't be it. And then when everything kind of unravels, I just remember like grabbing him and us just like squealing in joy for the last like 20, 30 minutes of the film. It was single handedly the most incredible movie going experience I think I will ever have. I mean, yeah, I, we're not going to tell you anything about this movie because once we're not no. doing that whole tangent that's too much. And also, you go, you have to go in blind. Don't fucking look up. You can actually, you can watch the fucking trailer and you'll still be going in blind. Because oh, yeah. I had the same experience. Yeah, go because, watch like, the trailer. It'll trick when you. When we, um, um, because when, you know, back in the olden days when there was movie theaters you could go to, um, <laughs> we would go all the time. I was at the movie theater, you know, hand to the Lord, uh, once a week not once a week excuse me once a day god damn <laughs> i was gonna say so <laughs> she's like mm, that doesn't track i was um, like you worked at the theater so, for four days a week so 
Right. Um, but, you know, you'd see the same exact movie trailers over and over and over again. So for, like, a period of a few months, you would see the same trailer. And Serenity was one of them for me. And it's one of those things where I was like, do I think it's going to be a great movie? No. But, like, it was, like, juicy looking, you know, has, you know, handsome Matthew McConaughey in it. Anne Hathaway fucking on one as usual. So I was like, oh, yeah, it'll be, like, whatever. It'll be, it'll be entertaining enough. Nothing can prepare you. Nothing can prepare you. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. So back to Jack Frost. Um, director of Jack Frost, Michael Cooney, also wrote uh, Beyond Identity, uh, the movie Shelter, um, which I believe you have watched, Alex. I've not seen it. Not Shelter, excuse me. Well, it goes by two names, it appears. Six Souls, um, starring Julianne Moore. Oh, Jesus. That movie sucked. That Shocking. movie was so bad. And then... Um, a movie called The Inside, starring Ryan Philippe. But yeah, anyhow, Jack Frost. So, should we talk about our first experience seeing the film? Yeah, I think so. I think it would be a good idea. It's always... <sighs> you know, I'll go first, I suppose. Um, this well, is... you saw it before me, so... I did. This is inexplicably my third time seeing this film. Um, I don't know why I've done this to myself. I don't know why I have spent... It combined four hours and 30 minutes of my life watching Jack Frost 1997, but I have. Um, the first time I watched it, I want to say it was probably like three, maybe four years ago around Christmas. I went to the Coolidge with Greg and someone else was with us. I don't remember who it was. Um, and we saw it at a midnight show. It might have been Christine, honestly. Um, and I mean, I just had known oh, this is the movie about, like, the killer snowman. It's crazy. It's campy. It's silly. And so I went Mm -hmm. into it, and because it was, like, you know, it's just the right atmosphere. It's midnight. It's a crowded house. People are having a good fucking time. So the first time I watched it, I loved it. I was like, that's fucking crazy. What a stupid movie. I had so much fun. Mm -hmm. And then last year for Christmas, you came to visit me. Yes. And I showed it to you. Um... And I was so happy that you did. I am very excited to hear your perspective on that because I remember I remember sitting on our, my couch and we almost watched that other Christmas movie that was on Shudder that was in like French, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we were like, we're too tired for foreign film. I can't do it. So I put Jack Frost on and I immediately regretted it because I don't know why, but the second time watching it, all the fun was fully drained out of it for me. And I was just like, oh my God, what have I done? Why? Why am I doing this to myself? Um, <laughs> so it was a full 180. And then this time watching it, um, I think I fall somewhere in the middle. You know, I, I still appreciate the fun stuff that I found in it in the, my first viewing. But I also think it's dog shit. Damn. And that's my opinion. Yeah. Wow. Incredible. Mm-hmm. My experience with Jack Frost. So obviously, as you said, I, the first time I watched it was with you. But before that, it was like, it was one of those movies where I knew of it. I had seen the cover, you know, the infamous cover in which um, everyone talks about, which I never saw, um, is the cover was like holographic for this movie in which it starts out where it shows you like Jack Frost, the snowman, what he looks like. But then if you like move it, his like face morphs into this like demon snowman with like razor sharp teeth and like sunken in human-esque eyes, um, which is the cover that I usually see is the one with the teeth and the eyes. Um... But I just remember, like, seeing it growing up, like, the the cover for it, whatever, and just being like, oh, that's, that movie's a piece of shit. Because, I mean, that's how everyone talks about it, is, like, that movie's a piece of shit. Um, 
And I was just like, no. And definitely early on in my life, I say this as someone that's only 23, um, but in my younger years, I feel like it's only in my later horror career as a horror lover that I started to appreciate bad cinema. I think when I was younger, it was like, well, no, I'm going to watch you know, the good shit. I'm going to watch Poltergeist. I'm going to watch The Shining. I'm going to watch shit like that. I'm not going to fucking watch Jack Frost. That looks like fucking horse shit. And then when I visited you and you brought it up, I was like, I, I just feel like I remember being like not wanting to at first and being like, I don't know. And you were like, no, like you haven't seen it. It's like fucking crazy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, like fine. Yeah, because I was so we'll hyped it. for it. And then after it's the first so interesting to it. know. Well, it's so interesting to know that you did not fuck with it the second time because my experience, I think, was, like, me being, like, what the fuck? Like, just, like, losing my mind. And as we know, like, I will lose my shit over anything that's even, like, remotely cute. And, of course, you have this big, dumb snowman walking around Mm -hmm. the whole time with, like, big old mitten hands and just, like, he never looks like the fucking poster for this movie. No. Even when he gets his little icicle fangs, he still has his stupid big black coal eyes. Um, So he is, like, strangely cute to me. So, of course, the whole time him running around with, like, fucking, you know, doing awful quips and killing people, I was like, this is incredible. This is amazing. (laughs) And yes, when I watched it again last night um, for the podcast, um... I definitely enjoyed it again. It's def- I mean, it's a 90-minute runtime, and it's so silly and stupid that, like, it's easy just to, like, be on your phone while you're watching it. And it's definitely one that's one of those movies where it's like, oh, the, the fun is heightened, definitely, if you watch it with more people. Maybe you can probably attest to this. Maybe people that haven't seen it before, although I hadn't seen it before and you were miserable <laughs> watching it again. Um... But I didn't dislike it. I I don't think I had the same disdain for it that you do. So that'll be interesting to discuss. Well, I think it's Um, really important for this film to just go in with low expectations. Because clearly, when we both had low expectations of it, we loved it. And then when I went in the second time with high expectations, I was like, oh, no. So you just got to start off being like, this is going to be stupid trash. And I'm going to just try to have fun with it. I mean, yeah, it is stupid trash. The thing is, like, the movie isn't anything you don't expect. Like, it, it's exactly what it tells you it is. It's like a killer snowman who's running around killing people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the movie. Um, but, yeah, it's just like, as always, something that you should experience for yourself. So, um, before we get into things, if you're looking to watch this, it is available um, with ads on Crackle, Tubi, and Voodoo. But if you're a bougie bitch... You're not living that ad life. It is also available on Amazon Prime and uh, our favorite streaming app, Shudder. Um, so definitely go give this a watch. As we said, it's 90 minutes. It's a tight 90 minutes. Um, so it's not like you have to sit down for, you know, two plus hours and watch this piece of shit killer snowman movie. Um, it's Christmas it's, it's, time, guys. It's Christmas time. That's exactly it. Like, that's why we picked it as our December episode is because... It's perfect to get you in the holiday season. It's a Christmas classic. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, I will always pick, even though I don't think I've actually ever seen the Michael Keaton Jack Frost movie. So that's definitely one I have to watch eventually. But, but I'll go on record right now and say, I don't think even after I do inevitably watch that movie, I will always pick this Jack Frost movie yeah, to watch. I think I would too. 
Um, so before we get into some behind the scenes stuff, mm-hmm. I feel like I should give everybody the brief synopsis of what this film That's entails. It's my turn. Oh, well then, yeah, you take it. God, stop stealing everything on you. I know, I'm such it's a fine. little microphone hog. I know. I didn't actually prepare anything, so this is off the cuff. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me do it. Well, I have nothing. That's the structure we came up with. You do fun facts, I do synopsis, and vice versa. Go off, queen. Okay, so if you're not going to watch Jack Frost, you're going to save yourself the time. Here's a brief synopsis. Um, so... I want to say first and foremost, the the vibe that I got from this film um, was that it was written by, like, your late 20s white dude who probably smoked a fat bowl after watching Child's Play and binging a ton of Twin Peaks and was like, hey, man, I got a good idea for a Christmas movie because the plot is basically Child's Play. And it's set in a very Twin Peaks-esque town. And I feel like it really is trying to be that, even though it's not successful. Um, But it follows this man whose name is literally Jack Frost. It's not... It's just very coincidental that he would become a snowman. Um, And he is a serial killer who has been captured and is about to be executed for his crimes when suddenly there's a massive car accident. And... Through a few different stupid things happening, he ends up getting sprayed with this genetic acid material that kills him and morphs him with the snow. So that's just your opening. And then right. we uh, we, follow, we go to this little town called Snowminton, which mm-hmm. it's so on the nose. It kills me. We, we, well, it's we, the snowman capital of the world. Yeah, sure. Where, <laughs> but it's not spelled like snowman. It's spelled snowmon. M O N. Well, they can't be that obvious. Oh my god! Yeah, that's they're the, not gonna call it Snowman Town. <laughs> yeah, that's the line that they were like, we can't cross. Um, but basically, we meet the sheriff of this town, his wife and his son, and we discover that he is the one who finally caught Jack Frost and you know arrested him. But Jack Frost, before he died, had told him that he was going to come back for him. So the sheriff is very anxious that Jack Frost is going to return and get some kind of vengeance. Well, he does in the form of a snowman. And we get an hour and a half of Jack Frost, the snowman, murdering people in a lot of various ways. And the town Mm -hmm. having to come together to defeat a bunch of ice. Uh, And yeah, that's the main plot. Uh, A lot of things happen and almost nothing happens. And we're going to get into it. Yeah. Um, which, at the beginning, you brought it up. The The reason he gets, like, which it's still fucking stupid, um, the, like, chemicals, like, the top mm-hmm. secret whatever sprayed on him is because when he's in the back of the, like, police vehicle or the fuck it is, the transport vehicle that's taking him to get executed, he kills one of the guards. Mm-hmm. And when the two guy- guards in the front figure it out, they're like, oh, like, mayhem. And in the process of them, like, freaking out, they run into another, like, like a tanker or some shit that's, like, carrying this chemical. So yeah. they bo- both those cars get run off the road. And then, you know, Jack Frost in this, like, moment, and he's like, blah, blah, blah. He gets sprayed with the chemical that, like, melts off his fucking skin and melts his, like, flesh into a pile of snow. Which then, of course, leads to him becoming... A snowman because the chemical they say is some shit like to let to like break down chemical. It doesn't make any fucking sense and it doesn't matter. Well, it the whole matter. thing was that no, yeah, it, it's that the government created this chemical so that it could bond human DNA with 
the fibers of a non-living thing and because he is like still himself it proves that the soul exists and it's a chemical it's a whole fucking thing so now that we we, you guys got it you know you got the the gist as we said it's nothing you don't expect um let's get into some fun behind the scenes facts um are you ready alex oh i am born ready okay so to start, at the beginning of the movie, there is – I remember – oh, my God. I just had a visceral memory. I remember watching it with you, and the beginning of the movie opens. Oh, I did, too. When I when I watched it again, I was like, oh, my God. How did I forget this? So the movie opens. Um, You don't see anybody. It's a close-up on a Christmas tree, which – this is kind of inventive. It's, like, over the Christmas tree, they do close-up on, close-ups on ornaments, and those are the opening credits, like, written on the ornaments, or, like, you know, people's names. Like, this person did this. It's very low-budget looking, but it's, like, fun. Um – and while we're, you know, panning over this Christmas tree for this opening, we hear voices. Um, one of like an old old man, um, and he's and then one of like a little girl, supposedly, or a little child, um, in which the little child is asking somebody to tell them a bedtime story, and this old man tells them the story of Jack Frost. And of course this little child is like Um It's a good impression. Well, this is the thing about the opening before I get to this fun fact, is that it's unbearable. When we put it on, and that was the beginning, and I knew nothing about this movie. I had no idea what it was going to be like, what the structure was going to be. And I heard this voice of this little girl, and it's like, Grandpa, will you tell me a story, Grandpa? And I'm like, I literally looked at Alex, and I was like, "This kid, please tell me this is not the fucking whole movie, because I can't do this. That is the most awful, grating voice I've ever fucking heard. And she's like, no, it's just the opening. But then, of course, it felt like the opening was like three fucking hours long, because I was like... yet again you make good noise with your mouth the little girl's voice and the voice of the old man that's telling her the story of jack frost that you know as he's telling it to her are they both josh rubin (laughs) josh we love you (laughs) hi bestie he's Um, really good at making mouth noises so he is good at making mouth noises but it is not josh rubin okay Uh, just had to check he was Um, alive in 97 I don't think he was doing work like this in 1997. He's always been doing this work. Since the womb, obviously. Mm -hmm. Anywho, strange Josh Rubin tangent. Um, (laughs) It was done by director-writer Michael Cooney himself. That was him? Yes. Which, when I, at first I saw this fun fact that it was like, oh, like, he did um, the man's voice. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll write that down as, like, a fun fact. It's like, whatever. And then I was watching, um... I believe it was last year's, last year's Joe Bob Christmas special mm-hmm. in which he covered Jack Frost because he always gives some good insight to the movies. And it was there that I was told that not only did he do the man's voice, he did the little girl's voice as well. That's disturbing because, I mean, you can tell immediately that it's not a child. It's 100% a, like an adult person doing a child voice. But yeah. I did not pick up that it was a man. Wow. No. Honestly, good job then maybe i mean it almost makes more sense because because it sounds so awful (laughs) um but yeah so that's that's how we're coming out the cut with that fun fact um this film was shot in uh big bear california which is east of los angeles um and you know, it's like mountain area, shit like that. So they get snow and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when they shot it in 1994, um, it this, just happened to be, what'd you say? This took three years to come out. Oh, yeah. There's like, Jesus. There wasn't a lot of information on like why it took so long. Um, 
Other than the one thing I did catch was that originally this had like a $3 million budget and another director attached, but then it fell through. Um, and I'll get to that. Oh, so he just momentarily. made it himself because he wrote it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but so, yes, shot in 1994. Um, and it happened to be during the warmest winter on record. So there was no snow. <laughs> um, so all the snow you see in the movie is made out of foam, paper, etc. Wait, which, that wasn't real snow? No. But Wait, you know what's so funny? It looks so real, though. Every time <laughs> that a movie, like, Either I can see or I am told, like, oh, yeah, like, they didn't use um, real snow. They used fake snow. It doesn't matter how good it looks. doesn't matter how bad it looks. All I think of is, well, you know what it looks better than? The fake snow in Black Christmas 2019. So bad. But the thing about, That like, wasn't even snow, bro. That was just a fucking sandbox. I know. Our, in a sandbox. That was offensive. But, like, honestly, anytime that they don't use real snow, it's very obvious it's not real snow. Like. We know what it. Reminds Specifically in this film. It's very obvious. Some of it looks like the fucking, um, which I'm sure it is. You can, like, buy bags of fake snow. Mm-hmm. And I know this because, not that it's really a fucking secret, but because last December when I was um, living in New York, upstate New York, not not New York City, not that bougie, um, and I was working in an Adirondack gift store, um, which was an experience. Uh, our friend Sarah, who listens, um... She still works there. God bless you, girl. You're working there during coronavirus during the holiday season. Um, Godspeed, truly. I I don't envy you. Good luck. Um, But one of my miscellaneous tasks to just fill the hours of the day because there was nothing for us to do ever was taking these bags of fake snow and like making like outdoor Adirondack tree displays with them. So um, I can attest that this shit does not look like snow. Even up close. Not that that would make it any better. Um, and that I fucking hate it because after having to fuck around with it for several hours and mold it to look perfect, um, I want it all to burn forever. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm so happy that this holiday season I'm not working in retail. I'm sure, again, in my life I will have to, but I'm just going to take take this win this year. Mm-hmm. It's so nice. Oh, Lord Jesus. Okay. Um... So, getting back to what I was talking about, um, Michael Cooney um, served as a director for this film because they couldn't afford a director. They couldn't afford anything because, <laughs> like, after that three million, they, they literally couldn't. And um, when he was talking about how low budget this film was, which this film is a perfect example, you guys. Like, I know that some of the other films we've done for main episodes, maybe we're, like, stretching the definition of B-horror, but who gives a fuck because it's our show. But this one is a perfect example of camp B-horror, like, the epitome that it's this movie. Um, So the budget was so low that, remember, if you will, um, not to bring up another old Christmas commercial like we did in our Scare Me episode with Josh Rubin, which if you haven't listened yet, go stream. But do you recall the um, Campbell's Soup commercial with the snowman? I'm going to just let you know that I never know any commercial you're ever going to talk about. What? What? I'm did like, you just not have cable growing up? or No, I did. I just don't watch commercials because they're boring. How the fuck do you not watch them? They come on. You do other things. Well, I also was alive in the age of DVR, so I would just fast forward them. I know, like, guy Bitch, I'm younger than you. I was alive in the age of DVR. I don't know. I don't like commercials. They're boring. I want to okay, go back to my you. program. 
you're gonna have homework because I love this commercial. Just okay. as an aside, this is the commercial, like I shit you not, that I put on to like feel like good and warmth. It is like crazy nostalgia. Like it just makes me feel amazing watching this commercial for some reason. But the, essentially, since you don't know it, and maybe other people that don't know it, YouTube it. It's a great commercial. But essentially, the whole premise is there's a snowman outside and he's really cold, so he waddles into the house takes off his scarf, sits down at the table, and starts drinking some uh, chicken noodle soup. And as he drinks this hot soup, he starts to melt. And you're like, oh my god, he's killing himself. I'm watching a suicide. No. Um, underneath is a little boy who's just out in the cold so long he became a snowman. But then he came back in, got warm, had his soup, and he's so happy. Um, you know what I have to say about that? What? Sounds like bad parenting. It's building character, Okay. It's building character. Um, And Let It Snow is playing in the background. But that commercial, which obviously is a commercial, usually a smaller budget than a feature film. And it's, you know, not that long. It's like fucking 30 seconds. Um, That advertisement um, had three times the budget that this film had. (laughs) Cool. Um, So just a comparison of two different living snowman uh, pieces of media. then we, of course, have Queen Shannon Elizabeth, who um, has a pretty decent role in this film. I mean, like, she's not, like, you know, just, like, a, an extra with one line. She's a full character. Um, Shannon Elizabeth, if you are not familiar, um, she's in a lot. She's in the American Pie movies. She's in Scary Movie with one of my all-time favorite lines in which, in the scene in Scary Movie when she's getting chased by the spoof ghost face character and she's like what am I supposed to do now Mr. Killer run away um in which after she's already been like breaking her own limbs and the killer is like what are you doing she's like she says something like now it's time for the big climax hope I don't hope you don't mind if I fake it (laughs) and it's iconic um she's also in cursed great werewolf great werewolf movie 13 ghosts Oh, I love um, 13 Ghosts. Matthew Lillard, yes. King. Um, and uh, some of the Jay and Silent Bob movies. Um, I also know her from first season of American Celebrity Big Brother, mm-hmm. um, in which she was such a good player that they voted her out because she was a threat. I like, um, I like her. She's good. At, she's fun. Yeah. She's also like a huge advocate for like rhinoceros poaching. Not advocate, but like fighting against it. Yeah. Um, she works a lot with animals. So, she's a queen. Um, I was actually just watching a 2020 doc called Skin, where they go through, like, the entire history of nudity in film from, like, 1892 to present day. And mm -hmm. she's in it, and she talks a lot about how a lot of her early roles required nudity and how she doesn't think that she would even have a career today if she hadn't been so, like, comfortable with herself and her body and, like, being willing to do nudity. Um, And how, like, American Pie really, like, took, like, helped her take off. And... This movie yet again. I mean, you don't see anything, but she is nude. It's well, that's the thing. I mean, we've talked about her. When did we talk about it? It must have been back. It was, I think, it was our tourist trap episode, um, where we talked about because we I had watched oh, yeah, yeah. the um, In Search of Darkness doc, where like they talk about and like it's obviously very prevalent in horror movies, um, where especially back in the day, like a lot of these horror actresses, it was like if you want to work. You have to be naked. Mm-hmm. You have to say yes to naked. So your option is like just – and sometimes maybe doing that and when you're uncomfortable with doing it, which is fucked up, um, it, your choice is do you want to work? Do you want to be an actress? Then you'll do this. 
Or you can say no and you won't have a job. Mm-hmm. You won't have credits and you won't be able to get any better work. Um, so that's, you know, not a great fucking thing. Um, but this was her first acting role in this movie. Is it really? Um, yes. And because it was her first acting role, um, her also her first nude scene, which obviously she had a career of nudity after this, mm-hmm. which yeah. is very – it's like the scene of the movie and it's very controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely an interesting one to have as your first big scene in a movie. That's true. Um, but we're going to get to it right now actually because my last little – I wouldn't say it's a fun fact, but a fact <laughs> about this movie is um, not a spoiler because if you're listening at this point, you don't care or you've watched the movie. Um, Shannon Elizabeth's big scene in this movie is a rape scene in which she is raped by the big snowman, um, which we'll get more into it later. Um, but originally, apparently, it was not intended to be that way. Okay, good. This- I just want to say before you get into it that I Greg... I didn't remember it as a rape scene, and Greg was, like, talking to me about it before I watched it, and he was like, oh, yeah, the awful rape scene that I hope you talk about, and I watched it, and I was like, honestly, if he didn't have his little line at the end of what he's, I'll let you say everything, like, I would not have really taken that that was a rape scene. Like, it's just really poorly edited together to convey that. But I can see how it would have, you know, how it wasn't intentionally meant to be a sex a rape scene um like right off the bat because i mean if without the dialogue after i don't know if i would have taken it as that well that's it's so interesting oh so it's perfect that you say that actually because if the scene in which shanna elizabeth gets in the bath and it's you know she thinks her boyfriend has made her a bath and it's not it's jack frost he's melted himself so she's lying naked in the bath washing herself and all of a sudden the water gets really cold and it turns back into snow and as he's reforming into a snowman she's like caught in him Mm -hmm. so her arms are like stuck in his chest and then he proceeds to like so she's like fully naked facing the snowman arms like stuck in him and then he proceeds to like ram her into the wall behind him kind of just like smashing her head um and then she dies so originally, that's the scene, um, and because he was melted, like parts of his body like didn't weren't on him, mainly the carrot on his face. So stupid. he has to like pick that up and put that back on. So originally they filmed it, and when they were going back, like after they filmed the whole movie, um, the director, um, not the director, excuse me, the editor who was like putting it all together, like said to um, Michael Cooney, he was like, "You know what this looks like, right?" Like, people are going to think it looks like this because of the fact that the carrot was not attached to his face and had been floating in the water. So then it's like, where's the carrot? Which I think is, like, a reach. It's like, I feel like I when we watched it, too, I think I asked you, like, wait, like, is he fucking her? Which, like, if it's, you had been like, no, he's just ramming her, I would have been like, oh. Okay. It's so stupid. Like, the, this editor should have been fucking fired. I don't think at all. That I would have seen that if he doesn't have, like, his little quip at the end. Because it's a carrot. And he, oh, you, why would he have sex with her with a carrot and then put it back on his face? I hate it. It's stupid. I don't like it. Well, it's yeah, also it's unnecessary. an awful decision. It's don't such do an awful that. decision. Because it's, like, in general, we've talked about this. Like, just choosing to have, like, rape in your movie for the mm-hmm. sake of having rape is, like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, that's how I feel about it. Which I'm sure most people feel that way, mm-hmm. I would hope. Um... Especially in a movie that's this campy, where it's like, in what universe do we need a rape scene? Right. In what universe? None of them. But it's just like such a bad decision was made because clearly it wasn't intentionally made that way. But then after, you know, he, Mike, 
is his name Mike? Yeah, Michael got this comment from his editor. Then, of course, it was, they didn't, obviously, as we said, they had like a fucking two cent budget for this fucking film. Uh, they did not have the money to go back and shoot more shit. So then, um, then they made the choice to have, as you're saying, like ADR afterward, in which they had Jack Frost saying these very like sex, sexual puns to insinuate that that's exactly what he was doing. He was fucking her. And then like, you know, he puts the carrot back on his face. Um, yeah, he says, uh, this year Christmas came early. Right. And I'm like, and he's like, I hope it was good for you, babe. Yeah. If he hadn't said Christmas came early, I would have been like, okay, he morphed into her and then killed her. I never would have been like, he fucked her with his nose carrot. Right. Um, I guess me. And if, and if other people out there, like, it's very obvious that that's what happened. I, I'm not mad at myself for not going there because that's not what my brain automatically goes to, I guess. But even if people say, oh, it's really obvious that that happened, um, they're the ones that are wrong because the way it was shot is exactly how it was originally shot when it wasn't a rape scene. Good. I feel validated, honestly. It was other people in Michael's, Michael Cooney's ear being like, you know what this looks like? It looks like he's fucking her and making him make a poor decision of then deciding, okay, I guess I'm going to re- you know recut it re-edit it whatever to just make this a random rape scene in the movie which like it would be like in, in there's no scenario in which we need a rape scene in this movie there just isn't no like it's a snowman because like the thing is like i was you could even say which is still wrong like oh well what if like this serial killer like his thing was like killing women right like raping and killing mm-hmm. women it's not that's not his mo he's a cannibal that's his whole thing is he kills people and eats them which he doesn't really eat anybody in this movie, which is like a waste. Um, yeah. And it, there's no point. It's like, it is literally the campiest. And the thing is like, you can tell it's one of those movies when they're making it where they know they're absolutely 100% aware that it's campy and it's ridiculous and it's silly and it's stupid and they're leaning into it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm sorry, why did I need a rape scene? And the thing is at the end of the day, like it's a big fake snowman doing it. So I wasn't, like, you know, turning away, like, oh, my God, this is brutal. But still, it's, like, what it's insinuating is, like, not really cool. Not not really. It's it's fucked up. Yeah. Like, so, like, well, I'm sure that'll be what we both say. Maybe we had changed about this movie at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are my fun facts. I will say, in addition to that scene, um, there is one thing that happens with uh, Shannon Elizabeth's character right before she gets in the bathroom. Oh, my God. Thank I- God just it makes me so mad i like literally i fume about it to this day and it's probably what i would change in the movie because i'm I so remember, uh, i remember i remember you being so pissed about it because it's so stupid well uh, the, thing is, the second time watching it i couldn't remember i was like <laughs> i know there's something with Shannon elizabeth that happens when she's in the house uh, and so i was like waiting and then it happened and i was like oh it's so yeah dumb. so dumb so okay so let me break the scene down for you guys. So Shannon Elizabeth and this boy who she's going to bone go for some reason to the sheriff's house. They break into the sheriff's house because they know it's empty and they do this like really like comically long scene of them like stripping off their many, many layers of clothing. Um, and then once they're down to like, you know, the basics, she says like, okay, I need you to like light a fire and get me some wine and then like come get me. So she goes upstairs and because she has been in the snow and she's cold, you know, she decides that she needs to dry her hair 
because she's cold. So mm-hmm. she, there's like it cuts back and forth from him and her like a few times of her drying her hair. And it's obviously used as a plot device for her to not hear what's happening downstairs with him. Yeah. So that she can't like help him when he's being attacked. But she spends so much time drying her hair. And then she finally finishes and she's like so happy and she's like playing with it. And she's like, ah, amazing. Not Fucking three seconds later, she steps out of the bedroom and sees the bathtub and goes, oh, my God. And then fully submerges her fucking head under the water. I'm just (gasps) like, why did you just waste so much of my time of her fucking drying her hair for her to then dunk her head under the water again? I don't know why it bothers me so much, but it's it's infuriating to me. I hate it. Well, because it's just like peak stupidity. But I think it's exactly what you're saying. It's like... They were like, okay, boyfriend is downstairs getting murdered. Mm -hmm. So she can't hear that because we want Jack Frost to murder her afterward. And she knows someone's in the house. It won't happen. So what would be loud that would distract her? Oh, a blow dryer, which obviously then blow dryers are used throughout the film as like a weapon against Jack Frost because it's heat. Mm -hmm. Um, So they do that. But then as you're saying, then it's like, and I feel like most people, I mean, I do not have long hair. I have a buzz cut. Um, but back in, my, like, fucking ten, maybe over 10 years, like, 10 years ago when I had hair, um, and I've blow-dried my hair before, like, it's just, like, it's a whole process. It is. And she's like, a lot of hair. So, like, for you to then, like, do all that shit and then be like, and dunk my head into a bathtub of water, it's like, girl... You just did heat damage to your hair, and for what? To then have to do it again in an hour when you get out of the fucking bath? Like, it just shows so this was directed by a man. <laughs> because if a female but, had directed this, she would have put her hair in a bun, and it wouldn't have had to be the sexy, like, slicked back hair that's wet. She would have just had her hair in a bun, and she would have submerged everything but her fucking head. Well, the way that she's also, like, in a bathtub with no bubbles, girl, it could <laughs> never be me. Like, that's the weird – of all the shit in that scene, I was like, ew, why is she just, like, in a tub of water? Like, where are the bubble? Like, it pissed me – that pissed me off. I was like, I would never just get into a tub that was just water to, like, take a nice, luxurious bath. Like, if I'm taking a bath, like, I'm taking a fucking bath. Like, I'm going to live luxuriously. Yeah, but she thinks this bath is made from, like, a stupid 17-year-old boy. Like, I don't think he was going to give you all the bubbles and bath bombs you want. Idiot. Like, don't even bother then. Just Ugh. get the fuck out. Just get I the just, fuck out. I just really needed to make sure that we discuss the hairdryer scene because it really – it. I hate it. Well, then you think about it because it's like, okay, well, like, you know, dumb decision. Why couldn't they do something like, oh, she was, like, get, upstairs getting undressed for her bath and she was, like, blaring music, right? Right. But then the whole thing is like, well, they're not even at her fucking house. It's true. They're at the sheriff's house, which I think is because she's pissed off at the sheriff because through a series of events, her younger brother is the first person – no, excuse me, second person killed in this town – by Jack Frost, middle of the day, decapitated by his snow sled, because her little brother is a bully and is bullying the sheriff's son on the sheriff's son's front lawn. So then they're like, oh, excuse me, do you hear that burp? Um, Jesus. Sh- <laughs> sheriff. <laughs> Everyone just turned this off. <laughs> Don't cut that, Greg. Don't cut that. Um, sheriff's son, like, Sheriff, your son killed Shannon Elizabeth's little brother. And, of course, he's like, no, like, he says it was a snowman. <laughs> and we're going to believe him. Um, so, of course, I think she's, like, trying to spite him by, like, fucking her boyfriend in his house. Got him. 
Meanwhile, like, both of her parents have been massacred at this point mm-hmm. by the same snowman. Um, so I guess it's a good thing she didn't go home. And once it's just, like, one of those things where it's, like, they're, like, working on, like, a, as I said, 10-cent budget. And they're trying to, like, make this shit come together. We're like, well, no, she can't she can't logically go to her house because she goes to her house. She's going to, like, see that it's a crime scene now or, like, see all the blood or whatever. So, like, where can she fuck her boyfriend? Well, she go to the shit. Like, it's just all these convoluted-ass plot points, and they're trying to get mm-hmm. them to come together. And, like, the best way they could do that was inevitably having Shannon Elizabeth blow dry her hair and then get into a bathtub. <sighs> Sacrifices were clearly made. I won't forget about them. But, um, (laughs) yes, but also, um, the great thing about this movie, um, while there is, like, definitely some shit that sucks, um, is the fact that, which, it's really interesting, I forgot to bring it up, you compared it to Child's Play? Yeah. Which I think is so interesting, because at first when you said that, I was like, girl, what the fuck are you talking about? But then I sat here while you were talking, and I thought about it, and I was like, no, she's right. Like, it's a soul of a killer mm-hmm. um, who, at, I mean, like, who has a vengeance against a certain cop for, like, arresting him, chasing him down, whatever, um, vowing that he's going to get him. Then his leave, his soul, in some by some means, leaving his body and animating an inanimate object, mm-hmm. obviously a doll in Child's Play and a snowman in Jack Frost, um... And then going on a killing spree, and then obviously there's similarities in the fact that it's like, oh, this thing that would normally be really cutesy and innocent, like a little doll or a snowman, is like sneaking up on unsuspecting victims and murdering them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously the huge difference is like in Child's Play, the huge star is Andy Barclay. Um, well, also that Child's Play is good. Yes. <laughs> no, 100% yes. Um and, like, obviously it's a story about, like, a child and, like, right. oh, no one will believe him. Which, like, obviously we have the kid, the sheriff's son in this movie. Do I have – I just thought of something I have to bring up in a second. Oh, I um, hope you do. Please. I have a lot to say about him. <laughs> but um, he, like, obviously is like, I didn't kill this fucking kid, Timmy, Tommy, or the fuck his – I don't even give a shit. None of their names matter. Um it was a snowman, and of course everyone's like, what the fuck is he talking about? But then, like, within, because it's a 90-minute runtime and it's so ridiculous, it's only within, like, the next scene in which, I believe, Shannon Elizabeth's parents, it's their, like, murder scene, mm-hmm. um, then, like, this other dude that works in town that's, like, bringing them, like, salt for the, for something or whatever. I don't even fucking remember. Yeah, for the snow. Um, he walks in their house and sees the giant-ass snowman. So then he obviously is like, oh, well, then it was the snowman that killed him. And begins to, like, run to town and tell everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really is interesting that you brought up Child's Play. Um, and obviously Twin Peaks, um, for obvious reasons. But then also, like, this is also very, um, I wouldn't say Nightmare on Elm Street specifically, but, like, Freddy Krueger-esque in the sense that, he has so many, like, later Nightmare movies where it's, like, mm. after every kill or before every kill, he has to have, like, a ridiculous, like, tongue-in-cheek quip. Yeah, well, I mean, that goes back to Chucky, too. He does the same thing. I mean, yeah. And all those movies. What's funny about those movies, though, is, like, they're good movies. Um, yeah. And- but it's, it's very clear what inspired a lot of parts of this film. It's obvious that, you know, Michael Cooney, is that his name? Michael? Yeah. Um, that he, I mean, it's obvious that he's watched these classic horror films and taken bits and pieces from them to incorporate into his own movie. And yeah, the quips are a huge part of it, for sure. Child's Play and 
Nightmare on Elm Street series, like, they definitely do the quippy shit, but it, like, takes a few movies to, like, really get there. Mm -hmm. And then it's, like, then they're just full force doing that. This is, like, for obvious reasons, is, like, just so blatantly camp that they're, like, no. We're not going to, like, try to build a fucking universe for Jack Frost. They, at least I can respect them for, like, knowing what it – it is what it is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a fucking killer snowman. Like, in no way is anyone going to take this seriously or, like, unless you're, like, maybe a child, be, like, legitimately, like, frightened by this. So we're just going to fully lean in from, like, minute one into the, like, ridiculous quips after every fucking kill. Oh, yeah. Which, honestly, I like them. That's what makes the movie really fun for me. Is that, like, you have this big-ass stupid-looking snowman, which we'll get to it when we talk about favorite lines from the movie. Um, but yes, but I brought up, um, and I need to find this kid's name. Um, so, Sheriff's son Ryan. Um, the first time we meet him, he's in the kitchen, and it's, like, your typical, like, do-do-do, family morning, everybody loves each other. Never experienced that in my house. Never. It was like, do not fucking look at me until three in the afternoon. Um, but he's making his dad oats, um, which of course his dad then. It's like, once again, very child's play where like the kid makes you breakfast or whatever. And it's like, oh, okay, I'll, yep, I'll eat this later. Um, which I would eat a bag of nails for Andy Barclay. Um, I would eat nothing for this child. Um, Agreed 100%. <laughs> Um, but he makes his dad oats, which, once again, I forgot the twist with the oats. Oh, the oats are great. So, wait, my stupid ass, right? He makes him these oh. oats, and it looks like fucking just, like, chocolate with marshmallows in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it just looks like chocolate, like, Rice Krispie-esque shit. I don't even know. Like, goopy shit with marshmallows. And his dad's like, oh, put it in a Ziploc baggie for me, and I'll eat it at work. And then, of course, when his dad gets to the station later, he's about to throw it out, and he, like, has this memory of his son being like, I made it special for you, Dad. And he's like, fuck, okay, I won't throw it out. And then it doesn't come back until much later in the film. But at this point, I was like what the fuck he's so ungrateful i would fucking scarf that shit down i was like i would eat the shit out of that like well that would be your mistake that would be my demise which we also i'm sure talk about at the end um because um oh excuse me it's so funny in i don't even remember exactly how it happens but in a scene in which he's fighting jack frost he throws like the oats on him the oats get on jack frost and jack frost begins to burn like, and any other time he's been, like, melted or whatever, he reforms. But this is, like, no, he's, like, permanently burned and he can't reform from this. So you're, like, what the fuck? And he's what? melted into, like, the... human flesh. It's oh, not like, yeah. It's, it's not, like, again. snow melted off. It's, like, half of his face has become, like, flesh and blood and gore. Which, once again... It's so funny that you brought that up because I literally didn't think about any of this. It's very child's play like mm-hmm. because obviously the whole thing in child's play is the longer he stays in Chucky's body, the doll body, the more flesh and blood it becomes. Mm-hmm. Um, You're welcome. I'm a genius. You really fucking are. <laughs> I didn't think about any of this. It's so true. Um, but of course, then the dad is like to his son. He's like, oh, my God. Like, what did you put in those oats? And the son's like, I'm sorry. I just, like, didn't want them to go bad. No, he didn't want his his dad to be cold. 
That's what oh you said. my god, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. So of course his dad is like, I don't care, I'm not mad, and you tell me what you put in them. And he's like, I put antifreeze in them. Which is like, holy fucking shit. Oh, he what? almost poisoned his dad, I love it. Like, just like fully, but my thing is like, you know what, you're talking about bad parenting in the fucking Campbell's soup let it go ad, or let it snow. <laughs> this is bad parenting. Like, first of all, like, he's wasting so much shit. Like, it's like, This is my argument, Yes. He's too fucking old to be doing, like, this cutesy shit. Like, maybe if he was younger and it was like, I made you breakfast, daddy. Like, it would be cute. Like, he's, like, fucking 10 or 11. Yeah. Like, you should, like, you just, like, look dumb. If it, like, my my parents would be like, what? No, stop. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, you're wasting so much food. Like, and nobody's going to eat this. Like, I'd be told off immediately. Like, there would be no, like, oh, dad's going to love that. I would be like, stop. He's not going to eat that. Stop wasting shit. So she lets him fucking make this shit in the yeah. first place. What? You're not paying attention enough that you let your kid just, like, dump antifreeze in this fucking shit? Like, which, I, isn't it, like, over a fucking stove, I feel like? Yeah, so feel it like, is. He was baking it in, like, a pot. He's lucky this shit didn't, like, ignite. Um, But so it was just so funny because, once again, that was something I forgot until it happened. And oh. I was like, what? And he's like, I put antifreeze in them. I'm like, oh, my God. And I had this moment of, like, so funny, but then also reflecting on myself, being like, right. So mm-hmm. I would have... I would have eaten antifreeze. I just right. think it's – I have two extra thoughts. I mean, one of my main things is exactly what you said. You're letting your child waste fucking food that you're paying for and making a mess. So instead, why don't you cultivate this passion that he has for culinary arts and actually teach him how to cook something, teach him how to bake something, be productive. Don't just right. fucking, like, let him do whatever he wants. It's very unwise. But also, it says something to me that he made that big-ass pot – of s'mores oats and he gave his dad some and then what he threw the rest out why because he did you know that you weren't supposed to eat antifreeze ryan is that why you didn't have any interesting wouldn't that have been a fucking great twist oh he was the killer after all not even he was the killer but like he didn't realize you can't eat antifreeze and so, like, he, ate he it. eats it, and he's, like, they come home, and he's, like, foaming, like, writhing on the floor. <laughs> Honestly, like, it would have been more fuck? realistic. I mean, yeah. Like, which is so – because, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, it's such a great point once again where it's, like, did he know that he wasn't supposed to eat mm-hmm. it? Because I feel like if you're a kid and you're making something like that, you're going to taste it. Oh, yeah, duh. You're going to have some. I don't want to be cold. I mean, I eat raw cookie batter because I'm edgy as fuck. So I'm sure shit going to eat my antifreeze concoction. Mm-hmm. I'm going to taste it. Um, and then – presumably die minutes later um yeah. but yeah it, it's it's so and then she fucking the mom later in the movie is like out at the store and comes back and they left him home alone which so i know for some people which thing is like when i was that young like 10 i was not being left home alone i was i did not get left home alone until debatably i was in late middle school and it wasn't being left home alone because i was home with my other brother seamus oh i was always um, alone <laughs> So, but that's the thing. It's like, so I'm not going to like fully push that point because I know that some people were definitely like, were were trusted to be home by themselves before that. But it's like, perfect example, if your parents can trust you, if they're like, listen, I know that I can trust you to be home. This kid is fucking cooking up antifreeze porridge, bitch. (laughs) Like, you should not be leaving this kid under, he did this when you were in the house. Um, You should never leave this kid because she comes back and he's like making these fucking cookies and just like dumping powdered sugar on them. Oh, yeah. Which, like, powdered sugar is a hot-ass fucking mess. Like, delicious, 
fucking hot ass powdery mess. So like, and she's like, she has to distract him because she's like, oh, you should like go out of the house and like, I love that snowman you made out front. He's like, I didn't make a snowman. She's like, well, it's yours now. Here, take some carrots. Go fucking finish it. Mm-hmm. To just get him out of the kitchen. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but if I had to like be like helicoptering my kid that much, like I, I'm not leaving them home alone. Like oh. when they have access to all this shit, like you're lucky you don't come home and the fucking house is on fire, literally. Yeah, and again, teach him how to bake properly. That like, don't just let him do it by himself. It's it's very problematic in a lot of ways. Just yeah, there's him. no way that if I ever have kids and they ever are like, I want to bake something. Sure, we can bake something. I'm doing it with you, first of all, if you're that young. You're not getting oh, yeah. free reign in my fucking kitchen. Absolutely fucking not. And even if you're older, we're not going to fucking play. Um, you're not fucking Emeril Lagasse, bitch. Like, you're going to follow a fucking <laughs> recipe and that's it. Like, we're not going to fucking play scientist in the kitchen and waste fucking ingredients that I fucking spent my hard-earned money on. Oh, yeah. Like, Oats are expensive. Because it's like, they're like, they're not fucking millionaires. They're not living in a mansion. They're living in a you know cute little house in a small town. Like, groceries cost money, bitch. The fuck? Um, yeah, so he gets the award for the most annoying fucking kid of the year Correct. because he's such a waste and only by <laughs> happenstance did he do anything of use which was putting anti-free. So, like, only by happenstance did he not kill his father and help kill a serial killer. Just, like, yeah. by, an like, such a tiny margin did he miss the killing his father boat. Yeah, his um, lucky day. Jeez. Jesus Christ. So it seems like, I mean, the, the, the thing about this movie is there isn't, there is a lot to say about it, and there isn't a lot to say about it. It is, we say this every time, like, you have to experience for yourself, you have to experience for yourself. And you should, you should experience movies for yourself. Um, This is one where it's like, it's so straightforward. As we said, it's so straightforward. It knows exactly what it's doing, right? Like, they're not playing any games. Like, they're like, we know the movie that we're making, and we're going to make exactly that. Um, So... There isn't a whole lot to say about it. Yeah. Um, so I feel like it's probably time for everybody's favorite segment now, I'm sure of it, of our podcast, which is the Q and Slay. <laughs> my favorite part, personally. Let me pull up the questions. I know my ass wrote them down. If I didn't, I will beat the shit out of myself. Here I have them yeah, memorized. Oh my god, you're so strong. I have no notes. Okay, Alex. Um, should I go first? Should I ask you a question first? Sure, why not? Um, do you think you would survive Jack Frost 1997? Um, I do believe that I would survive um, because he's a fucking snowman and I would just go somewhere warm. The way that it's, your mind is just a fucking steel trap. It's just like, it's the, like again, to continue to go back to child's play. It's simply a snowman. I would walk away from it. Like, I don't, I just. He is a genetically altered snowman, though, bro. He is a genetically altered snowman. And he's big. He's a big snowman. And clearly he has strength. He's he's made out of, like, styrofoam. I would kick his ass. Alex, did you not watch this movie? They were really talking about how strong he was. He jumped. Okay. Shannon Elizabeth's father gets an axe. He dies by the axe. But not in the way that you think because Jack Frost takes the axe and takes the wooden handle and in one swift motion shoves it down his throat and kills him. And they literally talk about later when they find his body that the amount of strength it would take to do that. Yeah, that's great. I would still just 
go somewhere warm. Okay, I would. I believe I would live because it's a snowman. <laughs> I can't say it any other way. Right. Um. I know that you would all, die. After, fuck you. After I gave you all that <laughs> shit, I was thinking about it last night and I was like, would I die? Would I die? Let's see. And of course, my thought is like, well, I'm the type of bitch where it could be um, 70 degrees out and I'm sitting in front of our um, gas fireplace. Mm-hmm. And the house is like 98 degrees oh, yeah, like me too. in a blanket. And I'm like, God damn, it's fucking cold in here. Like I am so cold blooded. Um, I have like I have such poor circulation, I feel like. Like my fucking hands and feet are always cold. Um, so I'm like, well, he would never get me because I would just be sitting in front of the fireplace mm-hmm. the entire time. He would never be come close to me. But then, of course, um, as we just discussed, um, the antifreeze um, would take me out. Um Yes, yeah, so fair thing to say that I would it's, drink it's antifreeze. Trick. It's a what? It's it's a it's a catch twenty two there because you wouldn't die from Jack Frost because again you would be able to survive a snowman. But you know what it would you be? Would, you would you would just be, it would be your own downfall because you were just too <laughs> sweet for the stupid kid. I wouldn't even be being sweet, bro. That's the fucking thing. It you would just be love like sugar. I would, this is what it would be. It would be like, everybody's out in the town, right? And they like, they set a curfew in the movie. They're like, you know, please stay in your houses, whatever. Cause like, there's a killer on the loose. Um, it would be me in my house. Like, oh, fucking idiots. Like, I'm going to survive this one. Like, big ass fucking down blanket. Like, sitting in front of the fireplace. And I'm like, I'm just going to have like a cozy night. And like, you know, wait this out. Oh, I need a snack for this. And me sitting in front of the fucking <laughs> fireplace being like, ooh, this looks good. Takes a fucking bite of the antifreeze fucking porridge. Dead on, dead instantly. Just like they come in and they like find me and like, how did he get her? And they're like, oh, no. she ate antifreeze. <laughs> um, so yeah, I would not survive this movie. And that's just unfortunately but it would, my dream. But it wouldn't even be his kill. So I love that. Uh, yeah it's like it's kind of like when you play super smash bros mm-hmm. and you're like listen i'm not gonna let you other hoes like because at the end when it comes up and it's like these are all the people that you killed it's like i will sooner throw my body off the side of the map than let you get this kill <laughs> oh that's great good to know i feel like it's usually i'm like i would live and you're like i would die <laughs> listen it's just like i know who i am yeah and i love to pretend that i'm the final girl um but moving on um so Miss Anya. What's yes. your favorite kill? Favorite kill. Um, there's definitely some good ones in this movie. I think my favorite kill is um Shannon Elizabeth's mother um getting mm-hmm. killed um with like the decorations. So essentially at that point, um, the dad's already dead and she's like in the house. And it's so funny because she like has this moment before he leaves the house where she's like, Should we turn on the Christmas lights? And he's like, Your son has not even been dead for like five hours <laughs> and you want festivities? Get a grip. Um, That's my mom. <laughs> oh, my God. But so she's in the house and she, like, like, you know, the Christmas lights come on. And, like, I couldn't remember if she was addressing her husband or if she was, like, addressing her dead son. Like, <laughs> I don't even remember. It doesn't even matter. But, like, so essentially the whole kill is, like, Jack Frost sneaks up on her and takes, like, a string of Christmas lights and, like, chokes her with it. Then while he's doing this, slams like a like ornaments into her mouth, and like uses her head like a fucking nutcracker and like crunches them. It's a full fucking scene, and then like takes her by the back of the head, and it's so funny to me because it's clearly like a dummy and like a big ass fake snowman mitten arm. (laughs) 
like that's like attached to the back of the head and he just proceeds to like slam her face into a box of like glass ornaments Mm -hmm. and it's just like so violent out of nowhere and it's so ridiculous um and then of course picks her up and she's got like shard bloody in the face shards of ornaments and then he proceeds to then continue to wrap her around the christmas tree i she's like dead at this point so then of course when the police come in and find her she's like wrapped and choked by christmas lights crushed ornaments in her mouth um crushed shards of ornaments in her face completely bloody but i like it especially because it is the holiday season i think it's probably the most holiday christmas centric kill in the movie it's like very much like a perfect like festive you know christmas holiday murder and i really appreciated the festivities the the really uh the christmasy vibes of it all yeah i mean i think that's definitely that's one of my favorite ones as well um also because they very cleverly set it up really early on in the movie which i mean jack frost is not around to hear it so i mean it's just really convenient that he happened to kill her in that way but when they're doing the snowman contest and everyone is working on their snowmen she mm-hmm. just like very offhandedly says to her husband like i've always wanted to be the angel on top of a christmas tree and then oh my god gets, i missed that yeah she gets her wish she gets turned into the angel on her christmas tree so i do love a good you know full circle kill where right. they, they get what they wanted um yeah. and yeah it's definitely one of the more vicious ones it's funny it's campy i like it and they like linger on her face for like a long time after with like with like the light that's like shining above her Mm -hmm. um yeah it's good it's a good one um i would say that aside from that one my favorite kill it's i'm actually gonna go with uh the bookend kills of jack frost himself because i think that well i mean obviously as i said in my little description he gets he dies originally from the chemicals that spill onto him and we get some really cool practical effects of him in three different phases of like at, of his flesh burning um mm-hmm. you know the first one is just him screaming when he's like wet the second one is clearly a different actor like a stunt double who has mm-hmm. like some really grimy looking like flesh falling off like he's completely like disintegrating it's really cool and then the last one is a skeleton falling with like some flesh still coming off of it um and i thought that that was a really good use of practical effects i really enjoyed that and then i think at the end of the film when they use a truck bed full of antifreeze to kill him it's the same concept where he like is being disintegrated yet again but this time in snowman form and the sheriff is like rustling around in the truck bed with essentially just like what looks like a fucking comforter at this point because he's become like oh yeah one long string of snow that is like burning in flesh um Mm -hmm. so i i like i like the way they kill the serial killer i think it's fun well you just reminded me of that scene um one another fun fact is that scene in which the sheriff is fighting jack frost the snowman Mm -hmm. like on the roof before they fall into the truck bed Mm -hmm. was apparently done in one shot um cool which is whatever um good for you i don't really have any i don't have any thoughts about it um but in the scene after he does that part of like jack frost's arm falls off right like outside of the truck bed and then of course dumb fucking little ryan picks it up and he's like you didn't get his arm dad and he's like don't touch that 
And it, like, fucking, like, wraps itself around him. And we're like, yeah, course, get him. Get him, get him! Um, They pick him up and they put him in the truck bed, which, like, is an ob- Like, okay, yeah, like, they're going to dunk it in an antifreeze. But then if you was watching it, I was, like, dying. Because then they proceed to, like... Baptize. Literally, bro. They <laughs> proceed to baptize this child yeah. in antifreeze because they, like, dunk him, like, three more times. Uh-huh. And literally, I'm just, like, he's just, like, <gasps> like going back under. And I'm, like, okay, like, they have to do it out of necessity, like, get him in the antifreeze to fucking kill Jack Frost. At this point, Jack Frost is is not on him anymore. He's dead. Like, no, now they're just I, taking not, out their own frustrations on him. Yeah, they're like, it can't be healthy to be dunking this kid in antifreeze. And, and like, his father's like, this is for the fucking oats. <laughs> like, just, like, dunking him. You could have killed me. Um, yeah, pretty yeah, much. I, I love that moment where I was like, god damn, they're really fucking dunking that kid in the antifreeze. Um, but, um, let's see. Alex. Yeah. You were in this movie. Obviously, you're surviving because you're going someplace warm, as you said. Who would be your mm-hmm. partner in this movie? This was a tough one. This is one I was trying to figure out as I was watching the movie. Right. Because I find that so many of the characters are very unlikable or stupid. They're just very one-dimensional. Like, there's yeah. not a lot going. Like, a lot of them, like, could be, like, the same exact character, just, like, in a different person's body. Right. So, I mean, I didn't really have a lot to pick from, but there is one shining star who would absolutely be my partner in crime, and that is Marla, the sheriff office receptionist. Oh, she's great. Because she is just always sitting there, sipping her coffee, fed up with these idiot men, just, like, trying to do her job, but also, like, can't be bothered. And I I really relate to that. So I liked her a lot. She would be my BFF. And I go with Marla. She's a great choice. She's a great choice. I totally forgot about her. Um... This is, yeah, I was doing the same thing when I was watching it. I was like, who would I partner up with in this for any reason? And I just, like, I don't know. The oats? I, yeah, the oats. Ryan, because he would be my oat supplier. Um, <laughs> Gotta get my fix of oats. I mean, I mean, if he didn't put antifreeze in them, I'm sure it would be really fucking good. Eh. Um, he needs to perfect his recipe. Honestly, I'm going to say Jack Frost himself. Wow. Like, I'm just going to go to the dark side because I feel like at this point I'm, like, dying in all these fucking movies. So maybe it's time to just, like, switch over um, and, and partner up with the killer themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I already said, like, he's just, like, cute. I love a big dumb snowman. I think we could, if I just, like, fully give in to his evil ways, we could have, like, a lot of fun together killing people um, and, like, coming up with trying to outquip each other. Um and you know what? Like, I have nothing going on in my life right now. So, you know, the prospect of just having any purpose in life, even if it's evil, <laughs> this sounds so awful. <laughs> Me being like, guys, I'm going to become a murderer. Um, uh, yeah, so I think Jack Frost himself, just because, like, everyone else fucking sucks. Like, everyone else is just fucking boring in this movie. Like, they're, they're not even boring in, like, an interesting way. They're just fucking boring. Well, that's smart because it's kind of just self-preservation, honestly. I mean, yeah, keep your enemies close. Mm-hmm. I think that's very wise of you. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So um, we already kind of talked about this, but if there was anything, I'm going to say other than the rape scene that we don't like, because we both would change that. What else right. would you change about this movie? What else would I change about this movie? Um. Well, yeah, I mean, the big one is like the rape shit. Um. um 
I mean, I feel like I would give it a, I would love to see it like remade, strangely enough, with like a bigger budget. Mm-hmm. Just because it's so interesting to hear that like originally there was like a $3 million budget or some shit. Um, which by today's standards isn't, is still not a lot of money to make a movie, but still I'm sure it's more than what they had. Um, just because like, at the end of the day, like I wouldn't change any of the campiness about it. I think like at the end of the day, making a movie about a killer snowman, like it, it's just, it would only be worse if you tried to not be campy about it. Um, but I would love to see it with like, I don't know, more money. So maybe you could do some more stuff with the kills or whatever. And like, maybe then you wouldn't have to have convoluted, like, like better writing too, because you have a better budget. Um, so you wouldn't have to do convoluted ass shit that would lead to Shannon Elizabeth blow drying her hair before getting into a tub. <laughs> like, it would just like make a lot more sense because like, you know, you could have more locations, more whatever, bigger and better practical effects. So I think overall, um, there's nothing direct about because at the end of the day it's like the movie as we said is like a movie about a killer snowman like there's nothing I'm gonna change to be like well they should have done this more seriously I wish they took this you know more serious like no like they 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 did what they did and it is what it is I would just I think maybe want to see it with a bigger budget would be what I would hope for that's exactly what I was going to say you took the words out of my mouth Mm -hmm. um yeah I think that especially I would love to see like a 2020 I like reimagining today of what this movie could be because exactly like you said you know this movie is based on its camp like it it would not exist without the camp and you need that Mm -hmm. so I would love to see it with a snowman that was not made out of hollow styrofoam I would love to see the practical effects they could do. I feel like you can get so creative. There's so many holiday things that you could play with. Like, oh, I, yeah. I think that the, you know, the, oh my God, my brain is stroking. Uh, you know, there are endless possibilities that you could take this movie. And I think if it was put in the hands of somebody who really knew how to craft, like, a fun, campy, gore, like, kind of like a Krampus. I feel yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we I we could have something really cool. Um, I would not touch anything on the original film other than the rape scene. Um, because like you said, I mean, first of all, I'm not invested enough that I think I would care about anything being altered. Um, you know, maybe one child that isn't shitty. Who knows? So I just don't have to like focus fully on fucking Ryan. But Ryan, there's not there's not much that I would really be like awful off to take it out just i would like to see it reimagined something else i just thought of it Mm -hmm. would be fun too to add to my answer is Mm -hmm. like because you're talking about ryan where it'd be like it'd be interesting if there was like another like little kid character maybe someone even younger who jack frost like in a very chucky style because i mean they already took so much from chucky it seems like or child's play i should say um in which jack frost like pretends to be their friend like a frosty the snowman type character um, yeah, that'd be fun. And uses them to somehow get closer to other people to kill them. I think that would be really, really funny and interesting. So I would say that on my answer as well, uh, if they do ever yeah. remake it. Which, honestly, like, I talk a lot of shit on Blumhouse, but I also love Blumhouse. Um, it's just because, like, Blumhouse is, like, the equivalent of, like, Netflix will make any show you pitch to them. Blumhouse will make any horror movie you pitch to them, which gives us a lot of good and a lot of bad. But Blumhouse, come on. If anybody could do a fucking remake of this movie, yeah. it's you. Um, well, the thing with Blumhouse is that they started off making, like, really great horror films and also, like, producing 
like Oscar films like Whiplash. And then right. I don't really know what happened. They just like teamed up with Lucy Hale and they were like, let's make trash. Um, not going to say that I don't go to see all of it because I absolutely do. Truth or dare rocks. I love it. <laughs> and I hate it. Um, I just appreciate Lucy Hale's dedication to making pure shite all the time. Oh, yeah. She's great. So <clears throat> Like, I, yeah, you know what, girl? At the end of the day, you're still making more money than me. So go off. Go the fuck off, queen. Because t- I'm, po- I'm broke. <laughs> um, but I would love to see, like, Christopher Landon remake this. I mean, obviously, he did Happy Death Day and he just did Freaky. But mm-hmm. I feel like he's really – he's really – establishing himself as like a great horror comedy and like obviously there's there's Mm -hmm. no way you make this movie without it being a horror comedy and I just feel like yeah this is remade it could be so fucking funny like I'm just like imagining it now that we've talked about it I'm like damn I really want this remake which I say about literally nothing on the flip side of that or you just take it and you give it to Ari Aster and you say make this the darkest shit you've ever fucking seen the thing is like yes but then it was like, you know that the snowman would like, we would either never see it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it would be like this like metaphorical thing. Not to show an Ari Aster <laughs> because I love Ari Aster. But like, or it would be like the most like, gro- it would literally from the jump, it would literally just look like snow melded with human flesh. Oh, I love it. I and it would be it. like disturbing. Which not saying it's bad, but it would take away my love of just having like a big ass dopey looking fucking snowman running around. Um, well, I just challenge all current horror directors to just make your own version and then we can talk about all of them oh my god there should be let's start a fucking film festival slash competition in which directors oh my god no scratch it scratch it, scratch it. we're gonna do a fucking anthology film yes which a bunch of different directors have to remake jack frost condensed yes. short short film version so like maybe like one kill scene each um oh my god i want this <sighs> you guys I'm just a well of fucking ideas. So, on to our last question. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, what is your favorite line of dialogue from this movie? Okay, well, I wrote two down, but I really okay. suspect that my second one is going to be yours, so I'm not going to okay. say it. So I'm just going to give you, you my favorite line of the film, and then once you go, if you don't say it, then I'll, I'll you know, tag back in. Um, okay, I have two as well. So. Okay, well, I figured you were going to go with quips from Jack Frost. Mm-hmm. So mine is not from Jack Frost, actually. It's okay. somebody else. And when I tell you that I I was like, I was watching this film, but there were also times where I was like not fully paying attention because uh-huh. I've seen it three times. And this right. line fucking like hit me. And okay. I like turned towards my computer and rewound it. And I watched it like three times and I was dying. It's my favorite kind of joke, which is- I feel like I know what it is and I think it's my second- it's my second one. My fucking favorite. So it's right after Billy has been decapitated by a sled. Yeah. So. Oh, it's the, not mine. I don't it's think. not. The sheriff no. is talking to Billy's father and they're arguing because Billy's father is saying, your son pushed my son and now he's dead. And the sheriff is trying his best to defend his son and say, no, it was a snowman, <laughs> which is stupid. Um, And he says, right. he says very passionately billy is two feet taller than ryan and you hear somebody not on screen just somebody in the crowd very quietly go not anymore he ain't <laughs> and i almost oh my god i love it it's my fucking favorite just like 
I love that that of every line that is, is my favorite one you picked. When there's like comments from the fucking peanut gallery, it kills me. There is a moment. <laughs> I talk about this all the time with Greg. When I I took a Scorsese class in college and we had to watch The Last Temptation of Christ. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where Willem Dafoe, who's playing Jesus, is talking to another character. And he's kind of doing that whole like, you know, don't throw stones, you know, bullshit metaphor of like, yeah. you know, and he's saying... Like, oh, you're stoning this woman. And he's like kind of, you know, reading him saying, you know, you're also not being truthful to your like wife, whatever. And he says, who's that woman you're always running around with? And very quietly from the back, you hear an old Jewish woman go, Judith. And it's (laughs) my fucking favorite thing that Scorsese has ever done. It's just that Judith. And so this moment was just that for me. Just not anymore. He ain't. You were oh. like, oh, Scorsese is shaking oh. right now. Yeah, it was, it's just my favorite line because it is so out of nowhere. It's not necessary, but it's so funny. It's just like, yeah, your son's fucking dead. He got his head cut off. He's not tall anymore. I love it. It's my favorite. Uh, that's that. <laughs> Bro, I that I could have never in a million years guessed that that was the line. I don't even remember that line. Yeah, because it's so quick. I'm so glad that my ear caught it because I was like, "What?" I love that you then proceeded to listen to it back three times. Oh like it yeah, was the funniest shit you've ever heard. It was, bitch. Go back, watch it. It's funny. Yeah, I'm sure it's gonna be a knee slapper. <sighs> it is. Um, my favorite line. I'm sure you already know what it is. Is um, after Shannon Elizabeth and her boyfriend break into the sheriff's house do a little quick strip tease before she runs upstairs and is like, make a fire for me. I'm going to go get ready, whatever. Um, and then the boyfriend is in the kitchen and he hears like shit outside and like, like snowballs are thrown out the window and shit. And he like thinks for some reason it's like the sheriff at first. He's like, I'm not breaking in. It's like me, so-and-so. Like, you know me because it's a small town. And it's not the sheriff. So then he like opens the door or whatever and he's like looking out and like yelling out and he keeps saying some shit like who's out there who's out there who's there and out of nowhere jack frost appears and he goes well it ain't fucking frosty um <laughs> and it's so fucking good i remember when we watched it the first time cuz before that there've been like quips from him but that was the first time we like see him like full on with his little fucking muppet mouth talking and like just like having like a full in your face quip and I remember I was like what the fuck did he just say (laughs) and it's so fucking good just because it's like what a fucking frosty and this like huge like evil snowman just comes like bum rushing into the house (laughs) um yeah that was my second one um well my second one which I thought at first was gonna be yours but then when you said the scene it was in I was like cannot be mine is later in the movie there's, like, a guy from, like, I don't even know, like, the fucking FBI or some shit. Some He's a mercenary. Oh, yeah, Jesus. Who, like, <laughs> it, it's also convoluted, but he has shown up to the town because he has, like, put together that it is Jack Frost that's somehow still alive, even though he's supposed to be executed, um, doing this. So he's working with the sheriff and also working with this guy that, like, made the fucking chemical serum that mm-hmm. got on Jack Frost and made him this way. So they're all, like, in the sheriff's station. And they're, like, fighting Jack Frost. They're trying to hide from him. And Jack Frost, like, get they, like, close the door on him or whatever and, like, lock it. But to get to them, because he has this ability, um, he, like, melts himself. So then, like, a puddle of water is, like, coming in through the door, like, to get them. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And the fucking mercenary dude has a gun. <laughs> and 
he's like, okay, like, stand back. And you know, you're like, there's no way. Come on. But it's so campy and they know exactly what they're doing that you're like, well, of course. He takes the gun. Mind you, it's a puddle of water on the ground. Like a puddle of water. He shoots the puddle of water like three or four times. And then he goes, damn it, it's not working. <laughs> As if shooting a puddle of water is going to do anything. And then, of course, like the scientist dude is like, he has to be in like whatever, like blah, blah, blah form for it to have any effect on him. But it's just like the most tongue-in-cheek campy moment of him like, shooting a fucking handgun at a puddle of water as if like like as if there was gonna be something that happened where he was like got him <laughs> done so that moment too I was like oh you silly silly bastards but yes um easily the the frosty line yeah I knew the second it happened I was like gotta write it down but also not well, gonna be necessary because Anya's gonna talk about it absolutely am mm-hmm. oh and yeah that concludes our Q and Slay yeah. So, Alex, mm-hmm. it is now time for uh, our rating system, our five-star, um, uniquely tailored to horror rating system. Five being a final girl, one being a busty blonde. What? How many stars are you giving this movie? It's tough because I thought I knew I was going to give it before we started talking, but then I've had so much fun discussing right. it, so I'm going to bump it up a little bit, and I'm going to give it two stars. Uh, stoner bro oh damn it was gonna be a busty blonde it's just not a good movie but no, also no, 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 no. but also it's fun i'm having a lot of fun talking about it. it's not a movie you want to watch by yourself just like at like 2 p.m but definitely watch it with your friends and like fucking make fun of it but two stars yeah 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 um it's so funny that you're like after talking about it i want to bump it up because like are you the opposite no, 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 no. Well, because also you're saying, you know, it's not a good movie. But that's the interesting thing about it that we I keep thinking about. It's just like, one, like, yes, it's not a good movie. But also it's like, they know it's not a good movie. The whole point, it feels like sometimes it's not a good movie, which can sometimes piss me off. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not someone that in general, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, not going to actively, like, it's one thing if it's like, oh, they like tried really hard to make something and then they got something else like serenity yeah but serenity which, I'd, I'd like honestly i gave it two stars when i saw it but i'd give it four stars now right but the thing is like i might we cannot talk about serenity because it'll be too long <laughs> um but then there's shit where it's like you like know that you made a piece of shit but then mm-hmm. it's like 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 i have never watched any of the sharknado movies and maybe that's on me maybe i'm missing out no you're not but just because it's like the whole thing with to me and I'm not trying to shit on anybody that likes them. Like, clearly they make money, once again, more money than I fucking have. Um, but it's just, like, to me, I'm, like, the whole point of those movies is, like, schlock. Is, like, we know we're making, like, something that's fucking ridiculous and outrageous. It's bad on purpose, almost. Mm-hmm. So sometimes movies like that, I'm, like, that's just, like, why? Like, we're giving fucking resources and money to this when there's, like, actual people that are, like, trying to tell, like, decently structured stories and mm-hmm. shit. Like, not that every movie has to be so fucking, like, hmm, intelligent, but, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's so, like, shit like that, like, sometimes can piss me off, but here it doesn't. Um, but also, like, you know, I don't know. It's one of those movies where it's, like, yeah, it's shit, but it knows it's shit. But then also, it's, it's very endearing to me that, like, they made this with no money. And just, like, all these people came together and made this ridiculous killer snowman movie with probably very little money, if paid at all. I'm sure they paid people, but, like, probably not a lot. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm going to give it um, 
a dumb jock who's also a stoner bro, so 2.5. Okay. okay. Um, so pretty much the same as you, but, like, I have to give it that extra little boost. Just, you know, it does have a place in my heart. Um, especially because the first time I watched it was with you. And we won't Aww. be able to be together for Christmas this year, which makes me... Oh, very sad. And I know that other people I'm sure out there are feeling sad because you can't see your friends, maybe your family for Christmas. And I know mm-hmm. that Christmas is a hard time of year for a lot of people. Um, so not to be sappy, but of course, your gals here at the Girls Who Cried Be Horror are always here for you. Um, you can always DM us, message us, things like that. Send us an email. Um, and if you're feeling lonely, feeling like, oh, you have no one to talk to, you're feeling by yourself put on one of our episodes it's like having your your favorite gals there talking to you about a piece of shit movie am i using this emotional moment to promote our podcast still yes i'm not above it i am scum anya is a marketing genius (laughs) i fucking wish um but yeah so that is jack frost Michael Cooney's Jack Frost 1997 and that's our last episode of 2020 yeah, I mean, you guys, I'm, how many episodes, we're, this is like, this will be our eighth, yeah, I think our eighth episode. Our really? Eighth, our eighth, like, full, we've like. We've done eight length. of these? Yeah, well, I mean, we've had, we have more than that because we also did a fuck, well, we've done a fuck of yeah. episodes, but like, yeah, eight. Oh my god, do you so want to do a mini-sode than, on Jack Frost 1998? <laughs> I'm not above it. <laughs> I would do it if it was also a horror movie. Um, yeah, no. We should not do that. No, um, I don't want to. <laughs> I re- like, that would mean I would have to actually watch it, and I, like, don't want to do that. No. Um, but yeah, we're, what, oh my God, the way that I was like, what's half of 12? Um, (laughs) embarrassing. Um, yeah, we're more than halfway through what we consider will be our first season, which is doing one of these for each month of the year. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to soon be out of 2020. Not that much is going to be different, but you know, we have to hold on to hope in these fucking horrible times. So, yeah. So, I hope that you enjoyed this episode and enjoy the holiday season, whatever holiday you may celebrate, if you celebrate any at all. I hope that you are able to eat some yummy foods and cuddle up maybe with an animal and stay warm and stay out of the snow unless you're like Anya and you live in LA and then fuck you. I'll be, I'm going, fuck you, bitch. I'm going home for Uh, That's true. I forgot. Yes. Well, enjoy. She tried to come for me. Um, (laughs) Whatever. I mean, yeah, everything Alex said. I hope you guys have a wonderful holiday season. Um, you never know with us, and we really never know ourselves. So this might be the last time we talk to y'all uh, in podcast form before the new year. If it's not, then I guess look forward to whatever mini-sode we pull out of our asses. But if it is, then we will see you all, or speak to you all, I guess, in 2021. And I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, a wonderful Hanukkah, a wonderful anything else that you celebrate, and a very happy new year. And as always, keep Keep it creepy. Keep it creepy. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. We want, as always, to thank those who've helped us get here. Without them, we would just be screaming about horror to each other instead of in a podcast form. So first, a big thank you to Bridget Garrity for creating our amazing artwork that we love. Please feel free to follow her and check out all of her other artwork on her Instagram at Bridget underscore Elizabeth XO support her we love her literally Anya's sister um a huge thank you also to Nathan Graham who is our musically talented friend 
and created our intro music. Please support him on his Instagram at officialbluecaprice and check out all of his original music on Spotify. And lastly, thank you to my guy, Greg Vellante, for editing all of our episodes every month so we don't sound too stupid. Uh, feel free to check him out on Twitter at Vellante Views. And if you are so inclined and you, for some reason, like me, and you want to follow me on social media, I don't post very often. I am much more of a lurker, but please feel free. Uh, if you want to check out an occasional photo of my cats, you can follow me on Twitter at Alex Bramley. And if you'd like to follow me on social media, please do. I love any form of validation. My Twitter is at agarity15. My Instagram is at G-E-E-W-A-Y, the number four, and then ever. So that's G-Way forever. And if you want to keep up with everything I'm watching, you can follow me on Letterboxd at agarity15, or you can just search my name and I should be the only Anya Garrity that pops up. Uh, I give my hot takes on a lot of horror movies there, as well as non-horror cinema as well. And if you just can't bear the thought of social media accounts that don't have both of our presence, fear not. You can follow the Girls Who Cried Be Horror on Instagram at the Girls Who Cried Be Horror and Twitter at Girls Who Cried BH. You can also email us all your thoughts, opinions, and darkest secrets at the Girls Who Cried Be Horror at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Leaving written reviews really helps us out and helps the podcast out a lot, and it only takes a minute. So please do us this kindness, and in return, you will own a piece of our souls forever. <laughs> You'll become a horcrux. So thank you so much, y'all, and until next time, keep it creepy. The girls who cried be horror.